So anyway, uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. You know, Pentecost is the uh, commemoration or celebration of the day of fulfillment of the promise of the fathers, the day the Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 people, and it gave birth to the most amazing, miraculous community, a community where everyone is welcome, where everyone, every age and stage has a place, and where the power of Pentecost is continued to be revealed even today as we gather in his name. And we call that community the church. Amen? And it happened way back on the day of Pentecost. So, happy Pentecost Day. I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. That's really cool. Happy Pentecost Day. Anyway, this morning uh, we're going to continue our uh, series on the Holy Spirit. And in the first message we talked about who the Holy Spirit is and our need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus said, you will receive power, supernatural power, that is power that transcends natural ability, power for miracles, power for moral excellence, power for, uh, um, it's, it's power and purity. And let me put it like this. You will receive power to become like Jesus, to behave like Jesus. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We need the Holy Spirit, amen? We need the Holy Spirit in this journey of discipleship. Jesus said to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. The Spirit was essential for the disciples to fulfill the Great Commission, and so the, the Holy Spirit is essential, is absolutely essential for us today. Then last week we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we learned that we are to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the reason we're to desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit are because they are for helping people. The Holy Spirit helps us help people, amen? They are for making the church stronger, for making the church better, more loving and more caring. They are for building community and bringing a fresh and new hope to the church and into people's lives. And so Paul says, desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you missed either one of those messages, I want to encourage you, take some time and, and listen to them. Um, I just want to encourage you to do that. This morning, I want to talk to you about receiving the Holy Spirit. You know, it's one thing to talk about the Holy Spirit, but we need to receive the Holy Spirit into our lives. In Acts chapter 1, after the Holy Spirit came, Peter addresses the people, and he begins to explain what has just taken place. And he reminds the curious crowd, he says, this Jesus, and man, he gets so bold, he says, this Jesus who you crucified, God has raised to life. He is both Lord and Savior, and he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you see and hear today. And the people were convicted, and they said, what shall we do? And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, he said, repent 
Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing about receiving the Holy Spirit is believe that the Holy Spirit is for you. Believe that the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is not a nice doctrine. It's not a nice teaching. The Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is for each one of us. Repent, believe, get baptized, and you will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he continues, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. It's for you, it's for me, regardless of age or stage. However, when Peter says, you will receive, you'll receive the Holy Spirit, that word receive is, is an interesting word as you study it out. It carries some really important ideas. It contains the idea of, uh, of, of something being extended to you, like, like a gift. Here's a gift. We were just at a wedding on Friday, and uh, we saw a lot of gifts being extended. But the couple had to receive the gifts. And, 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 and so it carries this idea of, 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 of receiving something, but it also carries the idea of to take hold and it, uses, it has a strong illustration. It's to seize and not let go. Like, I'm taking it and I'm hanging on to it. To reach out for and to receive, to hang on to uh, what is offered. And so what Peter is saying here, he's saying, repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the gift of the Holy Spirit will be extended to you. You can have the gift. You can have the gift of the Holy Spirit as well. And then the Holy Spirit, he will baptize you. He will fill your life. However, we need to receive the gift. We need to receive that which is offered. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. See, the Holy Spirit does not force his way into our lives. He does not possess us. The Holy Spirit is a gift to be received. Let me show you what I mean. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8. And I want to read to you verses 14 to 17. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So here are some people in Samaria. They had accepted the word of God. In other words, they were believers in Jesus Christ. They were saved. They were disciples, but it says they had not yet received or been filled with the Holy Spirit. They had simply been baptized into the name of Jesus. The apostles heard about them. They send Peter and John to check things out. They find out that, and, and Peter and John find out that these believers had not uh, yet received the, the Holy Spirit. So I imagine um, 
Peter and John must have told them uh, about the Holy Spirit. I imagine the people must have heard to what they responded as, as Peter and John taught them. They must have said something along the lines of, well, we need, we want the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because I don't think Peter and John would have said, you guys believe in Jesus? Good. Now you need the Holy Spirit. And they grab them and forcibly place their hands on them. I don't think that's the kind of thing that would happen. I think these guys, they came, they talked to these believers, they talked to them about the Holy Spirit. These believers said, we want that. We need that. And then Peter and John, they laid their hands on them. And this group of believers, they received the Holy Spirit. They welcomed the Holy Spirit into their lives. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19. And I want to read to you again verses uh, 1 to 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And then when Paul laid their hands, his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And there were about 12 men in all. And again, here we see a group of disciples. They're followers of Jesus. They, and they, again, had not yet received the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was available for them to receive. And Paul tells them, again, Paul must have told them about the Holy Spirit. And again, they must have said, yes, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as Paul lays his hands on them, they receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of, of uh, speaking in tongues in prophecy. But they had to be willing, they had to want the Holy Spirit in their lives. And as soon as they heard about the Holy Spirit, because as of yet they had not received him, they opened their lives and they welcomed the Holy Spirit into their lives, and it happened as Paul laid his hands on them and prayed. In both cases, they received Jesus, but they still had to receive the Holy Spirit into their lives. You know, when we repent and we ask Jesus into our lives, we get saved, and we become a new person, and that is a work of the, of the Holy Spirit. But it's not the same thing as being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with his presence. He, you know, when we get saved, he's drawing us, he's working us, he's con convicting us of sin. But it's not the same thing as when we go, come Holy Spirit, and he fills us, and he baptizes us with power from on high. And in both cases, they still had to receive the Holy Spirit into our lives. So when we repent and we ask Jesus into our lives, we get saved. We become a brand new person. Amen? When we get baptized, the old person is cut off. 
And that's what Romans is all about. You know, when we go through water baptism, the old man is cut off, and we go in and we come out, a new, new creature in Christ, the old is dead. And so when we get saved, we receive Jesus, we become a new person. When we get baptized in water, the old person is cut off. And when we welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives, we receive the power to walk in the new life. Amen? And it is a complete work. And that's what, what we need. We need the complete work of God in our lives. And that's what we need to teach people right away, you know? They receive Jesus. They got to get baptized right away and filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes a person gets saved. Two or three years later, they get water baptized. And somewhere down the road, if they're in a good church, they'll hear about the Holy Spirit. And then they get filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think we stretch these things out way too long. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, let's get them baptized and filled with Holy Spirit right away. Amen. I'll tell you a little story. This is really cool. Um, happened once here and, and a couple times in Flamborough. Um, I had an opportunity to baptize some new believers and uh, taught them about this, that, uh, you know, receive Jesus, repent, be baptized, the old is cut in you. And, and, and then uh, as you come out of the waters of baptism, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, we went through the waters of baptism, and I had to have ushers help me uh, lift the people out of the tank because the Holy Spirit had come on them in such a way they were just overcome. It was awesome. You know, it's a complete work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, but we need to be willing to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? Being filled, you know, let me add this. Sadly, there are so many people today who have given their lives to, to Jesus and for some reason have been disconnected from the community of faith. They've never gone through the waters of baptism and have never received the power of the Holy Spirit to help them walk in the new. And they're there and they're struggling and they're frustrated, and they're discouraged, and they're saying, what, what is this about receiving Jesus into my life? Because they haven't had the complete work in their lives. And my heart breaks for, for, for some of them. I meet them, and I talk with them. God wants us to walk in victory, amen. And he's provided everything that we need to live in a new life and that life more abundantly. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we receive the power to walk in that new life. But I also want to tell you that being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time experience. I want you to just, if you've been taught that, just lose it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time experience. See, they were filled on the day of Pentecost. Then in chapter 14, the Christians were praying and they were facing persecution, so they got together and they were prayed, and the place that they were meeting was, was shaken again, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they came out of that place and spoke the word of God with boldness. How many want to be a prayer meeting like that? 
Uh, how many want to be in a prayer meeting like that? No, come on, come on, guys. You don't want to be in a prayer meeting like that. I want to be in a prayer meeting like that. We can be in that prayer meeting on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, we can do it right now. Yeah. But the place they were met, they were, they, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He fills boldness to speak his word with power and authority. Amen. So, so they were filled at Pentecost. Then in chapter 4, they were under persecution and they get together and pray and the place is shaken and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they come out of that place speaking the word with boldness. Then in Acts chapter 13, verse 52, it says the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. They were continually being filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. See, receiving the Holy Spirit is about living an ongoing relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, continuously being filled with his power, enabling you to walk in victory day after day on your journey of discipleship. It's not a one-time experience. I got it. There we go. Good to go. It's a relationship. You know, Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could get saved and that was it and forget about him. He died so we could come into relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? To live in, in relationship and commune with him and live out of the flow of that life. Amen? So being, being filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a point where we ask him in. But it doesn't stop there. It's about living in an ongoing uh, um, relationship, continuously being filled with his power. In fact, Jesus illustrates the Holy Spirit as a river. He says in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 38. This is so awesome. On the last day of the great festival, Jesus stood up in a loud voice, and he cried out. And he said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. To receive, excuse me. Imagine, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. How many could use a river flowing within them? Amen? Not a trickle, not a stream. You know, I, I love the illustrations. Rivers, rivers, rivers flowing through them. That speaks of a life flow. You know, and, 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 and we can do things to either see the river released, or we can do things to stop it up. When's the last time you really engaged with, with the Lord? When's the last time you said, Holy Spirit, come and fill me, and let the life that you have for me flow? Or have we been caught up with this, that, and the other thing, and forgot about cultivating the relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus, with the, with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and say, come and fill me up. Let the river flow. Whatever is blocking up that river of life, let it 
remove. Let your gifts begin to flow again in me that I might be one that builds up people. Let your power flow from in me so I can walk in this, this discipleship journey in victory and be an example for every, everyone to flow. Let your river flow in me so I might know you more and more and more. Amen? Our, our, our theme... Oh, I'm off. I, oh, darn, it's 11.30 again. Our theme for upcoming uh, conferences, Make Room. And that thing has been exploding in me as, as the days go on. But we need to make room for the Holy Spirit to flow in us freely. Amen? Make room in our lives daily. Daily. You want to walk in victory? Let the flow of the Holy Spirit flow freely in you by cultivating that relationship, by saying, Holy Spirit, come. And when we say, Holy Spirit, come, it may be for the first time, he'll come and he'll fill us afresh. But when I say it as a believer who has already received, and I say, Holy Spirit, come, what I'm meaning is less of me and more of you, amen? There needs to be less of me and more of you. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Fill me to overflowing. Let that river of life Flow freely, amen? And walk in the abundant, overflowing life that Jesus purposed us to walk in. See, that speaks to a continuous flow of the life of the Spirit in us. His overcoming power, His joy, His peace, His righteousness, flowing every day. New are His mercies every morning, amen? See, Jesus, He never intended for us to live out of some experience some memory, something that happened years ago. He intended that we live out of the life of the Spirit. He intended that we live out of, out of the flow of a new, victorious, overcoming, abundant life. Being able to live in such a way as to bring joy to our Father. Living in peace and with genuine happiness. Being with Jesus every day. Becoming more like Jesus every day. Behaving more like Jesus every day. Amen? Living out of that flow. Jesus never intended that we live out of some experience or some memory that happened years ago, but out of the flow of a new life. Receive the gift my Father promised. Receive the Holy Spirit and continue receiving, cultivating that ongoing relationship. Amen? Amen? The disciples were continually filled. So how do I receive the Holy Spirit? You know what? There are different mechanics. Pray. Gather together and pray. Daily invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. There's the laying on of hands, listening to the Word. I, you know, I was thinking of Cornelius' house, Peter was teaching them, and I think they were just so hungry for God and what he had so that the Holy Spirit just fell on them and they were filled and they had to hurry up and get baptized after that. <laughs> they were hungry. Listen to what Jesus says. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Would the worship team please come back? How much more will your Father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? 
simply ask and you'll receive. Amen? On Tuesday, as we end, we're going to end this series as uh, Andrew has already mentioned with a special time of prayer and worship, a time of encounter. And I want to encourage you to join us and come expecting. Ask the Holy Spirit to come. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to let the river of, of life flow freely in, in us. If you want prayer, we'll pray with you. If, if, if you want hands laid on, on you, we'll lay hands on you, whatever. But just come and receive what the Holy Spirit has for you. Amen.